This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas pensé que c'est ton stand. This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's Civil Conflict Week. On today's show, we recap the 55-28 loss to SMU in Dallas, putting us to 6-4 and four overall. We're going to talk about the game, play calling for a change, little injury updates, woof, do a little Civil Conflict preview, rest of the season outlook, and like always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbag. But real quick, and more important than all of this, I'm here with Money Moo. Everyone, welcome our newest member of Night Nation. My daughter, Emily, was born Friday, November 12th, 5.26 a.m. Couldn't have been better. Six pounds, 13 ounces, future UCF sports star. But um, I'm super excited. I know everyone was on Baby Watch. So she came a week early, just happy, healthy. Mom is doing great. Everyone's doing great. Woo! So yeah, got to. Let's <laughs> go, money move. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, that that's awesome, man. Congrats again. Like I said, that's really more important than sports and all this dumb stuff. Can't wait to meet her. She even got to watch the game with me on Saturday, even though football it wasn't the outcome that we wished. Basketball was better, on the other hand. But anyway, back to the show. UCF headed west, Dallas, to try and wrangle the Mustangs of SMU. A hot start on a short field for its offense as Mikey Keene found Ryan O'Keefe for 18 yards for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to at Dr. Jose Pants for getting the closest with 20 yards. But the Mustangs were too much for the Knights, piling up over 600 yards of offense and 55 points. The final score from Dallas SMU 55, UCF 28. Woof. All right, so let's go through the game. You know, we start off, SMU goes for it on, you know, they get the ball, they go for it, short field, they're on the 34-yard line. We stop them on fourth down and then score on the short field, give them the ball back. I think they scored again, then we got a pick. We scored, it was 14-7, and then they scored 31 unanswered, and... That was pretty much the game. In between that, we had four straight three and outs. Parker Navarro did have the rushing touchdown, which was awesome, but it was pretty much just all SMU, and we could not stop them at all. You know, the defense has been the highlight of our team over these last three weeks, giving up an average of eight points a game, and the defense was, you know, almost nowhere to be found. The tackling was bad. We just couldn't stop them. I don't know. What did it look like watching it at home? Well, it's from the hospital, so a little different view. I actually <laughs> had to jump through quite a few hurdles to be able to get the game. How's the but hospital anyway, Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> it's surprisingly quick. Okay. Um, but anyway, no, I saw you know the defense. It's they really didn't like gash us with any big plays or deep shots. It was all missed tackles. That's what it came down to ton of runs up the middle where could have been line or maybe a two or three yard gain ended up being a 20 30 yard gain so yeah the tackling was again a major issue um i say again it i thought we had fixed the problem it it was a problem at the beginning of the season that we seemed to fix it and then we just went right back but again too something that continues to happen over and over the team getting hit by the injury bug we saw Bryson Armstrong it was learned actually today that he has a torn ACL and is out for the rest of the season. So our leading tackler uh, the last few weeks too. Just blow after blow, man. Definitely a leader on defense. You know, we saw Jeremiah Jean Baptiste get a pretty actually really hard hit to the head. Call for targeting ejected. I'm pretty sure that happened. I don't remember. Yeah, there was a there was a targeting <laughs> Who is uh number twelve? Is that Thornton or the other guy? Either way, he Hodges. Hodges, like he was going for a, a play like toward the goal line, and he ended up helmet to helmet with someone, kind of on accident. He clearly got concussed. I mean, 
it just feels like it's the same thing over and over. And like, we're not that deep of a team. So I hate to keep blaming injuries. We would have lost this game regardless of, even if we stayed fully healthy during the game, but it's just not helping us out. And I'm not making excuses or anything like that, but there's not one thing you could point to from this game and be like, Oh, that's the reason we lost. Yeah. I think we, we let our guard down a little bit too. You know, SMU, was a top 20 team, 7-0, and heading into week eight, and a tough loss to a Houston team, and then kind of a, a little bit of embarrassing loss to a not very good Memphis team. And, um, you know, we got lucky when we played Memphis that they didn't have their quarterback because that guy is the whole, you know, Seth Hannigan. I f- He's their whole team. forgot about – you know, I, I mentioned last week or maybe two weeks ago the turnovers that Memphis had on offense in the red zone. I wasn't even factoring in the fact that they didn't have their starting quarterback. So then we have these other close wins. I mean, we could easily be like three and seven. Oh, very easily. <laughs> so very easily. I don't know. How many players do we have out for the season? I mean, it, it, it's insane, especially when someone that's been out as your quarterback, you know, there's not much to do. But let's talk about the offense a little bit because you know, we started off good, drove down, well, we had the short field, but then we drove down, you know, made it 14-7. And then after that, it was just all the three and outs. And we clearly weren't really running the ball. We didn't want to. Um, what well, was a, yet another game where the offense was out without Isaiah Bowser? Actually went back now. The Cincinnati game is the only game that we have lost where Bowser has played the entire game. And he really wasn't even ready to come back 100%. The offense is built around a bruising running back. And, you know, Johnny Richardson, great player, not really a bruiser, downhill runner. But um, I would say the one positive on offense, you know, that I saw was they got the ball more to Mark Anthony Richards. It's almost too little, usually, too little too late, though, but yeah. Usually gets the cleanup duty. Did have the game-winning touchdown against East Carolina. 104 yards and a touchdown. His average yards per carry on the year is 8.5. Kind of reminds me of like how Bentavious Thompson started in the year before he broke out with mostly cleanup duty and still had some long runs. Is he a junior? He's a redshirt sophomore, actually. So I oh, think we got to get him in the mix more. Solid, yeah. The running back position I'm very bullish on going into the end of the year slash into next year. It's tough, man. And, you know, Bowser, he was dressed for the game and he was, you know, like kind of warming up, pacing around the sidelines, doing little like high knee things to warm up. I I don't know what was going on there. Maybe Gus has been listening to the podcast and knows not to put in players when they're not 100 percent. And maybe that's what he thought it was. I don't know. You know, I saw a lot of stuff on social media about people saying, why are we getting away from the run game when that's been what's solid and carrying us? And that does make sense. But if you look at SMU, they have one of the best rushing defenses in the country. They're 18th in yards per rush attempt, and they're 122 in pass yards per game out of 130 teams. Their DBs are not good. So I get the game plan here is... And it's tough because passing's not our strength. Defending the pass is not their strength. So is it better to play to the opponent weaknesses or to play to our strengths? Honestly, I don't think it would have mattered. But we threw the ball a ton. You know, 37 pass attempts plus 7 sacks, 44 total. Uh, We had 21 rushes. Obviously, we were down a lot of the game. So that kind of dictated the fact that we had to pass a lot. I don't think play calling or anything would have changed the outcome of this game, unfortunately, with how much our defense just couldn't stop and couldn't tackle. So you can point a lot of fingers, but on the offensive side of the ball, we could have scored a lot more points. It wouldn't have mattered. I mean, it was that much of a blowout. So it is what it is on the UConn, I guess. Yeah, I think we did allow Mikey to throw the ball downfield more. There was a few deep shots that he took that I liked you know, him taking those deep shots, but it seemed like every single one was still an overthrow. To me, that's like still freshman jitters, but this is now your seventh or eighth start, so you should be progressing a little bit. If you're out throwing Jay Flash and Ryan O'Keefe, I mean, 
Yeah, those are know. two of the fastest guys on the planet. Not fast enough, of, clearly. No. Speaking of Jay Flash, we saw him his return first time, and I think since the Louisville game, maybe. Um, really limited role. I I thought they could get him the ball a lot more, but Gus just has like fallen in love with O'Keefe. Which how could you not? He's yeah an amazing player, but still like Jay Flash is too, and. I don't know why they couldn't get him the ball more. Again, you know, we talk about this every week. Maybe they were keying on J Flash. You know, we don't know this stuff. So well, then they should have got it to Brandon Johnson more. I don't know. It just seemed like nothing was Keen's timing, his sync was off. He was I mean, I don't think the offensive line played super well either. Again, not a single thing we could point to. Just not a great game overall. Special teams. Richardson, what are you doing? Like, kneeling the ball on the one. I mean, look, man. I, I love they need you, to put dude, Titus like, back there on kickoff return. If you're going to catch the ball, take it out. If you're not going to take it out, don't catch the ball. It will bounce backwards. But, I mean. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Dude, that's got to be like one of the hard. Think about when Otis was doing kicks and punt returns. Anytime he made a mistake, you're sticking up for him. Now it's Johnny's back there and he it's was, his fault. So, all right, muffing the ball is one thing, but like this is more of like a uh, not logistical mental error. Mental error, yeah. I mean, I guess so is muffin. I don't know. I don't know. But he's done it. He already did this once this year, though, didn't he? We had some thing with like the goal line before, so I don't know. Look, whatever. None of this stuff matters. We were gonna I lose mean, no matter what. Who... <laughs> Okay, just trivia question. Who caught the opening kickoff in the Texas UCF game 2007? Because this almost happened. Uh, Do you remember this? Joe Burnett? I mean, I'm pretty sure Joe Burnett was back there, but I don't think it was him. It started with a J. Somebody's going to... Somebody's gonna figure this out like the instant we upload the show, but we could just Google anyway. it real quick. But we got <laughs> more stuff you, to talk this about. Ha- this happened. The same thing. They even had to review it, and <sighs> he actually kneeled it in the end zone. But anyway, um, okay. One other thing, very interesting. This is always a weekly debate. Is the I'll call it the secondary QB play. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> this week. <laughs> Gus's puzzling play call. Um, no Gatewood whatsoever. Uh, first time I think he didn't get in the game of the season, but instead Parker Navarro comes in and has a pretty impressive little run. You know, he, he mm-hmm. had some vision to hit the hole and did a little, uh, little whoop to whoop and cut back in. It was nice. He's got some speed, and to me, when he ran in. It almost angered me, like seeing him score the touchdown. I didn't go to the spring game, so I didn't really get a chance to see, you know, a lot of the younger guys out there playing, which for years past, that's kind of how I do a lot of my research is based off of that game. Just seeing like effort levels. And that's how you called McCray that one year. That's probably the best sleeper call of all time was McCray that one year. (laughs) Yeah, well. Dude, if Bowser would have actually stayed healthy, I don't know, that would have been a an it's, all-timer for this year, too. But it wasn't, like, as much of a sleeper. That was more of, like, a... Yeah, he was a sleeper, but it was more because he was elevated because of the injuries. McCray was an actual sleeper. Like, no one saw him coming that year, and it was awesome. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I just... It, it angered me because... I don't Moo, know Angry at a touchdown. <laughs> we haven't seen... That's, is that a new low? I, I'm just saying, like, dude, why have we not seen? And maybe that was the best run of his life. I, I don't know. know. Probably. Also, but like, it, why, dude? It's not. Why have we not seen more of him? There's 11 people on the field. Like, it probably it 100% had to do a lot with like blocking and stuff. Gatewood probably could have scored that too. And I'm not nothing against Parker Navarro, but like, dude, football's the ultimate team sport. So I wouldn't take one play and like make all these it judgments is. off of it. It is, but we haven't had like extreme success with Gatewood, which I guess in Gus's defense, his playing time has gone down almost every game. I mean, Gatewood usually runs the ball for a couple yards. 
I don't know. But whatever. It doesn't matter, dude. Maybe he just wanted to get him in there just to get him in there. To, like, be nice. Who knows? It was a weird thing to do in the beginning of the game. but To be nice. Whatever. Yeah. It works. Okay. <laughs> I don't Kid know. Kid looked like Mariota Jr. Maybe Gatewood was hurt. Dude, one play. One play. That's all right. I, I, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. No, you are. You are. Um... It's speculation Sunday. Anything else Monday from Monday? Anything whatever. else from the game? How did Gus's platform? <laughs> how did Gus's platform look on TV? <laughs> they kept showing it like every five minutes, and it he wouldn't even be doing anything. He'd just be standing there. I kind of had the sound sitting. You know, the sound was in and out. I like was half paying attention to the sound. Sometimes I had to mute it. You know, mm-hmm. so I didn't really hear the announcers, but I did watch to see. You know. It was just him sitting there. The weird thing would be like what happens at home. So like is the platform traveling with him? Or like is that SMU's platform? No, that was that's our platform. He used it in practice actually. So he'll be in the platform uh for the rest of the season unless he just wants to go in the box, which I feel like might be a better idea because the platform all right, in theory, cool. He's like there, he's in the mix, but he also was actually like isolated. He was like in a bubble because he was too far away to talk to any coaches, but he also wasn't even in the box. He was just on like Gus Island. You know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. know if the. I to think, me, that would be worse. It is. I think it is worse. So you gotta, Maybe they go for a change. I don't know. You know, changes up the play calling, could go with this. He could see if like the defense tries to audible. I don't maybe know. The, maybe UConn coach comes out on a platform or something. I don't know. I mean, this is so <laughs> hey, the civil conflict, man. Anything can happen. Um, a couple other things from the game. Dallas, really awesome city. Uh, it'll be cool. We kind of get to go there every two years once we join the Big 12 for TCU, which is cool. Dallas, Cincinnati is going to be – hopefully we alternate those. Like one year we get Dallas, one year we get Cincy because – Two very cool cities. Obviously, the game was a blowout, but it was still fun being there. We had a great turnout for Night Nation. Very impressed. You know, on a down year, we still had a crowd that was loud. Actually, on that first interception toward the beginning of the game, and I wasn't, you know, normally I'm like yelling every down, but it's tough when you're on the road and there's like that, not that many fans. You want to be the only guy yelling, but that third down, I stood up and was like hyping the crowd up and everyone got loud and then the pick happened. I'm like, did I have something to do with this? Probably not, but it felt like it. Definitely felt like it. And uh, Did you know, the fan assist. You get one or two awesome plays like that in a game, and it makes it fun. you know. And then, obviously, the, the rest of the game was a blowout, so it didn't matter too much. But uh, overall, good time. No regrets. You know, We got uh, UConn this week in the Civil Conflict, and then the USF game, man. I'm worried, and I'm not alone. Seems to be unanimous. You should be. <laughs> you should be worried every year when we play this team. It doesn't matter what record they have. For whatever reason, if we're and I know this hasn't happened that often, but when we're having a down year and they're a lot better, we never play up to them. We always just get crushed. Two thousand eight <laughs> when we took them to overtime. Uh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But okay, but no, well, you're right. Once. You're right. But two, also two years ago, 2018, I think we blew him out. Or three. Yeah, I mean, this will be five in a row. Right? If we win. If we win. Hey, look, you know what? The season's trash, whatever. This game is our season because this game is USF season. By transitive property, that makes it our season. We got a 3.30 kickoff. That means it'll be nice and dark when you get into the fourth quarter. We got to pack the bounce house because we're going to need every little bit of help we can get to beat this team. We might have DG back now, by the way. He was practicing Sunday, Gus said, in his press conference with the awesome Florida State logo. I forget what it's called. Uh, Nike polo. You know, the yellow state. There's a name for that, though. I forget what people call it, but that was awesome. Although, Mark Daniels put out an interesting piece this morning where he mentioned that he wouldn't be surprised if DG transferred. But he also said that DG was going to be out for the rest of the season, which clearly is not true if he was practicing. So I don't know what Mark Daniels is trying to do here. Maybe he's trying to get ahead of the scoop or what. 
very interesting thing because I don't know if he didn't know that DG practiced because he put out a, a written article saying that, you know, he's at the end of the timetable, doesn't want to risk injury this morning, but he also practiced yesterday. So do you not know he practiced? I don't know. Whole thing's weird. Um, and then he mentioned he could transfer. I'm like, why are you doing that? Even if that's a possibility, why would you put that out there? You know, we don't have much to cling on to as a fan base right now. Like, why are you going to kick us when we're down? Obviously, Mark's yeah. part of the fan base. So I don't know. The whole thing's weird. But uh, yeah, so we've got UConn this week, 28 point favorite, and then Black Friday game. And that's it. That's the season. Another season gone by in the blink of an eye for the most part. 3.30 p.m. kickoff time, one of my favorite, actually all-time favorite kickoff time. It's the best. It's the best. Plenty, okay, I would say sufficient tailgate time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't got to wake up too early. Starting during the day, not or too, starting with light. Not too in, hot. In sunlight. Not too hot, because it's always November. Finishing under the lights, and sufficient time to go out after. It Really, it's the best. 12 sucks. Really, it's the only good kickoff window is like the 3.30 yeah. slash I mean, 8 o'clock game, you're probably not getting out of there till midnight. Uh, Yeah, you you know, go out to the bars like a little bit. But that 3.30 usually out by... Yeah, like we yeah. go out after any of the... I, I don't think I've been out after a game. Well, I did go to a library. I forget what game that was after. But for the most part, I don't go out. Yeah. The game's enough. But if you, you're going to get out at... I don't know, seven thirty ish. It's perfect. You could nap Still, and go yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, rest, so, recharge. Yeah, good stuff. I love it. Absolutely love it. And uh, we're gonna have to bring the heat. The fans are gonna have to bring the heat. Yeah, you got to motivate these players. I know. Look, we're still we still have the undefeated home season. That? This is our season. You said it's trash. It's not trash. With, oh. To have an undefeated home record. Not only that, year. it's just the... Okay, we suck on the road. I get it. It's a rivalry game. It always matters. This is all... Like, the bowl game is stupid, regardless. This is the most important thing. And it's almost more important for us to... And this is going to sound really dumb. It's more important for us to not lose than it is for us to win. <laughs> I don't think that sounds dumb. I think it's completely right. It just means that, like, they have nothing to play for. We... Like if they win, it's everything. If we win, that's just we just what's didn't supposed to happen. We just didn't lose, we though. Just didn't lose. <laughs> if they win, we're not going to hear the end of it until next year. Especially for recruiting purposes. Just for even everything, I think, you know, the recruiting. It's we're killing it's over. them. But we US, made it in the Big Twelve. They didn't. The U, end, UF, you know? USF has been good though. They've been scoring some points and they've been decent. I I will say this. I I am somewhat impressed by their effort when usually in past seasons where they've sucked they've just completely given up and they look terrible they look just as bad at the beginning of this season they couldn't score any points as they did last year but they're starting to turn around i've always had i don't want to say faith but i've always liked jeff scott and i liked what he was doing there i thought what he was doing was good i think that's starting to show their program was set back a long time by Charlie Strong, and hopefully that's not the situation we're in. And We're looking pretty thin with Heupel's bad recruiting right here, but it looks like they're starting to get motivated and play for something. So it's going to be a dogfight, and we need everyone there to be loud. We need the players hyped up. We need we, – we can't lose this game. <laughs> but we have to get past UConn first. I know it sounds crazy. It does. But – any given Saturday, you know, UConn has one win on the on the year. It's Yale, but they Kansas? almost beat they almost beat Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt sucks, but you know, we're not. They're a team. We're probably not that much not better top. than Vanderbilt. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, with the offensive woes and our and holes in our defense, if we don't show up to play, like they could give us. A, I mean, look, look what happened to UF. Look, the, I think the most important. We're not going to lose to UConn, but. We need DG back. Man, do we need him back. I, we might not win against USF without DG. But we could beat him without him. That also made no sense. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> Keen has these last two games to prove himself, man. Like, this is pretty much it. Like, he... He hasn't at- shown flashes of greatness. That's my thing. 
you know, he hasn't messed anything up, but like we haven't seen glimpses of him being really good. And that's what we got from McKenzie his freshman year, even though, you know, statistically it wasn't that great. We didn't beat a lot of good teams, but you could tell that he had the it factor. And like when plays break down, Mikey's just, he, he never finds anyone that's open, you know? Yeah. So, but he's got these last two games left. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, if, you know, even if we do end up winning these two games, if he doesn't look, you know, I'll say freshman Milton esque for lack of a better term, he could be passed up by, you know, Navarro for second on the depth chart next year. Yeah. And depending or- on what happens with DG, we could be looking at Parker Navarro leading the Knights for 2022. Who knows? And, you know, I think we've got a really good recruit. Hopefully it doesn't flip like that uh, that lineman transfer guy did to FSU after this, oh, yeah. this weekend. But Bless. I forget the guy's name, the the quarterback. Recruit. No, the quarterback guy. Oh, Tom. Uh, yeah, Castellanos. Tommy Castellanos. Yeah. But he could see this as an opportunity, being like, hey, look, like everyone's kind of shaky. I can come in here and be a three-, four-year starter at a really, really good program, you know, with yeah. a good coach. So I mean, with the transfer portal and everything now, it's like – I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> should you stay at a school to try and become a starter if you're there already? Or yeah, should you know. just like – it's I mean, like I am basketball. Like You got to think. I, I mean – Just throw yourself in the circle and see who picks you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, think of it this way though. Like – you know, there's a lot of guys. Baker Mayfield was a transfer. He would have never got a shot at the school he was at if he didn't transfer to Oklahoma. Joe Burrow, same thing. He would have been stuck behind everyone at Ohio State. So, I don't know. You never know. Anyway, um, last couple things here with football. Uh, bowl projections. Brett McMurphy has us in the Hawaii Bowl. That could be interesting homecoming, I guess, for DG. If he plays, which I don't see why he would. Uh, did you see any other ones? Yeah, a couple other ones. Virginia in the military bowl. Them, a less than credible source has us against the Gators in a Birmingham bowl. Will never happen. Would love matchup, but Gators almost losing to Sanford, not Stanford. Sam Samford. Oh, Samford. S A M. I didn't even know this until I was on the plane back Sunday. I was just like going through scores and stuff. They were down like what? And it wasn't like they were down in like a game where they couldn't score. It was like 44 28 or something at halftime to an FCS yeah. school. Not even, not even a good one. There were three and five. Oh, that's pretty bad. It's yeah. We, we played Samford a couple times. I think so. You know what, man? That makes me happy because. As bad as it is right now, again, keep in mind all the injuries. It ain't as bad as it is at Florida. Woof. Dude, they're in the same boat as us, kind of. like. So, at the beginning of the season, they were like a top... I think when they played Bama, they were in the top 10. Now, mm-hmm. they're looking at next week playing Florida State, who only needs to win their last two games against Boston College and Florida to be bowl eligible. Florida's not bowl eligible yet either. They got to win one of the next two. Flow to state. I don't know. It's in Miami loss. It could be a lot it's... worse. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. With Mullen, so we're in our first year with a new head coach, new regime, injuries, whatever. Mullen's, like, was supposed to be the guy. He's having, like, one bad year. Mind, mind you, really bad year. And it sounds like he's out from kind of the chatter I'm hearing. Ooh, Rams, fake field goal for, like, a one-yard gain. Um... So that's a bad situation to be in because you know you're going to lose your coach, but he's not gone yet, or he might be. Sounds like he's had he's had like one one foot out of the door to like the NFL because he would always get asked at press conferences and kind of deflect the question, not just shoot it down. Which I don't see why you wouldn't just completely lie and be like, I will never coach in the NFL. I want to be here for a while, and then if you do take an NFL job, you're just like every other coach or politician that lied about something. But you know what I'm saying. But he like never yeah. shot it down, which has been weird. I, I don't know. It could always be worse. So uh, we're we're not in a bad. We're, we're in a good situation. Stable coach that wants to stay here. Down year injuries, whatever. Anyway, rest of the bowl projections. Um, that was it. Oh, sick. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, there was another. Oh, Air Force 
in the first responders bowl at Gerald R. Ford Stadium in Dallas. Okay. <laughs> Dallas Revenge. Uh, oof, what a boring game. Although it's better than getting blown out, I guess. That's a game we lose that game to Air Force because Air Force, you know, they're playing at full speed, like military school. They're bringing everything, and for us, the bowl game will probably be like the cherry pop tart Boca Bowl last year. So, anyway, hey, you know who is doing really well right now? UCF Ooh. basketball. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about that. You watched the game, so I'll let you lead this. All right, big win on the road. Not very far, but still, on the road against Miami ACC foe, 95-89. Most points scored by UCF basketball in a while. Um, Since 2015? No. Team, no yeah. uh, it was like backwards, but yeah. <laughs> Team was led by Darren Green Jr., who hit five of his nine threes. I was impressed with the free throw shooting down the stretch. 88% Wow, for us, which is very unusual. Yep. Um, CJ Walker had a double-double, so both of our preseason player of the years standing out already. The one-night stand effect, people may call it. <laughs> yeah, so my overall assessment, and did we – no, the game was over. So we we last podcast we didn't go over the uh, win last week. Robert Moore's look. This team's exciting to watch. Um, yep. It's extremely deep. I think you know the two bigs. So we don't really have a true center. The two bigs, C.J. Walker, and I was gonna say Dong, but I guess the <laughs> the announcers pronounce it Zhang, yeah, or something Zhang, <laughs> silent D. Uh, <laughs> there's a joke there. So, <laughs> Jong is for real. Like you hear about all these transfers, like oh, this guy transferred from here, blah blah, blah and then they never pan out. Well, dude, this guy is legit. Him and CJ, Wa- the improvement that CJ Walker has had since last year. You know, so much hype coming into the season last year. Five star coming from Oregon. You could see the raw talent, but yep. I'm pretty impressed with what Dawkins has done with CJ Walker and. You know, he's really turned it around. Typically, kids that transfer, if you're a five-star and you transfer, like, there has to be some... You're not really still a five-star. Right. Like you're... Something happened along the way, whether it's mental, physical, you, you, you might know, have peaked, just wasn't... might have peaked in high school. That happens for a lot of these guys. They're just way ahead physically and everything, but then they just kind of never can get better. So, I agree with you. And he's yeah, looked or really good this year. Just Or maybe it just wasn't the right fit, but... Who knows? Two games, maybe a little early, but I got to say, super impressed with C.J. Walker, just the difference in you know, how much he's grown from last year. I, I think he's truly becoming what we thought he was going to be when he first transferred here. So super impressed with him. I really like this team. They rebound. They fight hard. A lot of full-court presses. Um, it's exciting. So, man. It's exciting. Oh, man, my mojo's back. Let's go. Use the word. So I got I kind of basketball like a, podcast. <laughs> kind of got like a second favorite guy now, just from watching these first two games. And you know, I love the kids that go out there and fight. Sean Mobley, the, the hustle players. That no, it's Ty Freeman. Okay, six six two ten guard. I think he's a transfer because I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember him last year. last year. But um, kind of sneaky good player. I, I like the way he plays and. I just got to say, like, I, I, this is the third time I'm saying this, but there's no other way to say it. It's just the team is exciting to watch. It's not like some of the teams of years past where they're, like, very defensive. and Dude, like the it, 50 it, to 40 wins. I agree. Yeah. No, this is high-flying, a lot of talent. Do we have a lot of dunks? Slam, I didn't watch. Slam land. Slam land. No, or Slamdo. Do. Or Slamdo. Or Slamdo. I, li- I like Or Slamdo. Or Air- That's a hot debate right now. Yeah, or uh, Air- I kind of like this one, Air Lando. Meh. I like Or, or Slamdo. I'm an Or Slamdo guy. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if we could get like the city version, you know, like the NBA does that. The NBA is getting annoying. They have like different jerseys every game. But if we could get a uh, Or Slamdo. Uh, yeah. 
Although we can't even get like any new equipment, but whatever. So if I had any negatives to say about this game, I would have to bring it up because I saw the same thing, the same tendency in the Robert Morris game and probably about 10 different games last year. And, and I'll ask you this question is that, is it a coaching thing or Oof. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I know how you feel or you used to feel about this, but I feel as though we get up to a huge lead and then slowly in the second half, just wither it away and then end up having to panic at the end. Luckily, this was not the case because we actually hit our free throws at the end, but Miami was not going away easy. You know, those last like five to seven, I think we had, I think we were up like 15 or something in like the last few minutes and they just kept hitting threes. Then they'd foul us. We'd score two. Then they hit another three. So they kept like gaining a point on every play. Yeah. Well, and luckily we made the free, you know, 88% is super high, especially for college for free throws. Cause that, you know, you get it down there. And like you said, I mean, you turn it into one, yeah. two possession game, you miss the free throw, boom, three, quick three. And that's a six point swing all of a sudden. But, uh, yeah, so we were up 12 with three and a half minutes left. And then they actually cut it to within five, I think. Well, we won by six. But I mean, here's the thing, though. Just because you're up 12 doesn't mean you should, with three minutes left, doesn't mean you have to win the game by 12 or you should. That's just the status of the game. You know what I'm saying? But, no, but you should keep the pace, keep the flow, and especially Robert Moore's, which that lost people money. Because the spread was 18, we Dude, were up no, 18. the spread was 20. I got 15 and a half. We were up 17 at halftime. And we weren't right, even. So you should, you shouldn't give anything back from halftime. We also, win. there was a point where we called a timeout up 14 with like three minutes left and we put in all the backups. So I don't know why, but three minutes is plenty of time. Yeah, but it's Robert Morris. It's not Miami. Well, you, they did cut it to single digits, I think. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just something that I noticed, and I don't like it because it's probably going to bite us in the ass. Yep. But I don't know how to stop it. I don't know. Just like, just like don't like try harder, play harder at the end. <laughs> I don't hey, know. At least we made it's our like Johnny like lets his foot off the gas too early. But what instead is, of just what does that teams. what does that mean in basketball though? Like, hey guys, let's tone it down. You know, let him come. You know. It, as a coach, you don't do that. He could like change up the defense, or yeah, I don't know, whatever. I don't. Know. It's the same thing as Gus. Like, if yeah. something is working, and then just like switch to the opposite thing for no apparent reason. <laughs> but also, basketball, <laughs> dude. So basketball is such a weird sport, though, where it's like if you have two open threes that don't go in, but if they would have earlier in the game, completely changes the outcome. So I don't know. I guess it's kind of like football in a sense with I don't yeah know. a couple of passes don't hit you know what dude Look, if, if our if that's why we're if we just fanboys imagine if we closed every game in football and basketball what would we have to talk about They're like oh yeah we won we were up and then we just you know kept being up <laughs> right no i understand and that that's the beauty of being a fan if we were um actually talk about this to my parents who are Gator fans is that like, imagine being an Alabama fan. It's like, okay, oh, we're winning, but you, not by enough. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what else do you have to talk about? I would much rather be in our situation where that's the fun of being a fan. It's the struggle. It's the fight. It's how you get to where you want to be and not just winning a national title. Like, Every year, every other year, it's yeah, like it makes one, there's nowhere to go but down. It makes one little upset that thrilling. It makes that interception at SMU the most ecstatic feeling at the time in the moment. It would be fun to listen to Alabama. Like, what do they talk about? Oh, man, we only got like eight five stars this year. Man, we should have had that ninth, but he flipped to Georgia. Woof. <laughs> or like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then to never to like almost never get upset so like you never have anyone trash talking you because dude at bama you win almost every yeah. game so dude bama, like... bama twitter has plenty to complain about trust me i remember back in 2017 where they were all over us and it's like 
Who cares? You just won the college football playoff. Why do you care if we claim a national championship? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> uh, I think we've rambled. First time in a while. But that's good. All right. Uh, picks? Pick time. All right. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the week. Terrible week this past week. 0-3. Oh. My first 0 for in, I don't know how long. 2015. Long time. Probably 2015. <laughs> <laughs> uh, losing picks were Miami. And now I told you all this last week. I was like 0-5 all time picking Miami. Now 0-6. Oklahoma. But hold on. Let me go back to that. How did Florida State win? Miami. So, Miami was up. Florida State. They were in control of that game. From yeah, what Florida like. State was up and then time ran out. The end. <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyway loss of miami oklahoma didn't look good at all they actually end up putting rattler back in <laughs> the second oh. half yeah and then wait worse being weren't people starting to like say that the new guy could be a heisman contender yeah so who that, are the I don't know. who are the heisman contenders like normally you start to hear about this uh you know later in the season keep, keep going i'll look it up I would say Kenneth Walker of Michigan State, more than likely C.J. Stroud, just because he has so many big games left. And if Ohio State ends up running the table, now it's probably going to be C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young is actually the favorite. Stroud and he's a plus one hundred and fifty. Stroud and Walker three to one. Matt Corral five to one, and that's a huge drop off after that. Kenny Pickett actually twenty to one is the fifth best. The fifth best odds. So looks like it's those four. Pretty wide open field this year. There's still, you know, this next month, I mean, or I guess, wait, crap. This next two weeks are going to decide a lot. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway. All right. Worst beat in probably a few years for me. Since 2015. Dude, up 28-3. I, I, I just D- most dangerous I, lead I in sports. <laughs> yeah. Of twenty eight three, highlighted the game oh, as a win. The MDT to, highlight. The early highlight. Gives up forty in a row to Mississippi State. They end up losing like forty three twenty eight. But they just quit? That dude. <laughs> and no idea. Oh well Bonex Bonex got hurt though. He's out for the season, so that sucks. Still, just run the ball. How do you go up forty in a row? Just like don't Mississippi give up State points. sucks. They lost to Memphis. Hey, Memphis, good team, quality win. Anyway, anyway, brings me to nine, thirteen, and ten on the year. So, what do we want? More quality or more volume? Both. I gotta go with more volume. Yeah. <laughs> gotta go with more volume. Yeah, you you have to catch up, dude. These are qual- these are quality though. And hear me out on these. Okay, I have. Five this week. Highest total of the year. I'm going to go with five. Also, speaking of totals, one of them is a first ever on Money Moves Picks is a total. Oh, whoa. So, whoa. save that for the end. Damn, you're really reaching into the bag of tricks here. <laughs> first one. Desperation. We're go with Virginia plus 13 and a half at Pittsburgh. Now, for this game... It's a must-watch the injury report. Virginia quarterback Brennan Armstrong is playing. This is a money move bet. If he doesn't play, I would say do not bet. Okay, that's so fair. That's that's like a starting average, pitcher being out in baseball. I mean, you should know like around game time-ish. Just wait. So Virginia right now, they're averaging 45 points a game with Brennan Armstrong. Three without him. Too many points for Pitt to cover if if Brennan Armstrong plays. Also, we got to have a couple thousand-yard receivers in this game, too, which is pretty impressive after 10 games. It's one dude on Virginia and one dude on Pittsburgh. What's the line? Is it 13 and a half? Maybe take the hook hook there for the even 14 is what I would say. It kind of seems like it's leaning towards Brennan Armstrong not playing, but... Okay, so we've got a contingent pick. I think if he plays, I would say take Virginia. If not, 
the no bet. They're doomed. No, no bet. bet. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm allowed. No, dude, of course. To do that. Like, that's that's a big deal. It's not like it's yeah. like oh, you're like left tackle, which is a, still a big deal, but not a huge deal. I mean, the guy runs the offense. It's kind of important. Right. So anyway, what do you got next? Next pick, sharp play of the week. We're gonna take the Texas Longhorns plus two at West Virginia. Look, hmm? everyone in their world <laughs> saw that game last week. Kansas, complete embarrassment of the entire program, the entire state. Public Joes come in and go, hey, got to bet West Virginia. I say, no, no. Texas, bounce back game. Public, look at the Kansas game. Kansas taking away their will in Texas. Meanwhile, West Virginia is kind of a dumpster fire anyway. I don't like that the game's on the road, but I had to go with this contrarian pick just because I think everyone in the world saw that Texas game and was like, oh, they're not going to lose or they're not going to win another game. They have a ton of talent. Yeah, it didn't, you know, they got caught with their pants down from, from Kansas. So it happens. Do I think Texas is a good team? Eh, they're an okay team, but West Virginia is not a good team. I think Take Texas I think plus Sark, two. I think Sark's a good coach, but he took over a very undisciplined team. You know, they've got like 44 stars or whatever, but you can't just turn stuff around. Like, these guys have been in a bad program, a losing program for a while. And, you know, there's that thing. One of the coaches came and reamed him out after a loss two weeks ago on the bus. He was like dropping MFers or whatever. Some idiot player was recording it and then posted it on social media. That speaks volumes about the culture. And you can't just come in. If that's kind of the the norm, you can't just come in your first year and change that around. Like It takes a little while to turn around. So I like Sark. I, I think Texas will be okay, and I, I think it's a good spot for them to bounce back. All right, my next pick, we're going to take Hawaii plus one and a half against Colorado State. Look, I don't have much to handicap on this game other than it's probably too late on the body clocks of like everyone in Colorado State. <laughs> plus – much larger home field advantage than people realize in Hawaii, especially post-COVID. So I'm going to take Hawaii Rainbow Warriors plus one and a half. I feel like the home field thing is the first thing people would think of because like the time change, you know, circadian rhythms off. I don't know. It's like a vacation. Look, they're, yeah, Both teams are like three and seven. Hawaii is like a bowl game. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's All right, Hawaii it, it is. Hawaii it, is. Hawaii it is. I usually bet Hawaii once a year. What time's the game? Midnight? <sighs> Probably midnight or 1130. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Next pick, we're going to take the USF Bulls plus three and a half at Tulane. Look, you don't have to oh, watch the game. Free. I like that a lot. Just hold your nose and bet it. I, I, I said a long time ago that I would never put money on USF just because it's like Carson Wentz. It just do Wentz things. I, I put a like, lot, I put 400 you, on him last week. That was free. Once you actually Cincinnati. bet USF, you know, Tulane will probably light him up. But uh, they're starting to become a dangerous team. You know, they, they have a decent run game. I don't think their defense is that great, but, you know, they, Tulane... They score points, though. Tulane doesn't have a great offense, and uh, if you're getting plus three and a half... You know, college football home field advantage right now is three, three and a half. So you're saying these two teams are even? I don't think so. Value is on USF. I like All it. All right, so for my final pick, it's a total in this game. We're going to take the under 52 and a half, Tulsa versus Temple. Look, Temple has averaged seven points a game in their last five games, one of which was against UCF. So we all saw... They're, uh, I can't even call it an offense, whatever that was. <laughs> um, game is in Tulsa. Look, Tulsa's a giant killer, but they're not a bad team router. So mm-hmm. right now the spread is Tulsa minus 22. It's way oh, too much. That way too much. If the total is 52 and a half and the spread is minus 22, I'm looking at like a 27-10 final. You know, Tulsa... Yeah, they do score a lot of points in some games. But Temple gives up a lot of points, if you remember. Dude, that, even if it's 49-3, hold still up. win. That Temple game gave us this weird false hope. When you, If you look at all the games around it, 
like UCF talking. You know what I'm saying? We looked so good that game offensively. Was Temple just that bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty bad, man. Okay. But I could see Tulsa like just kind of running the ball, not really doing anything. Did I just talk I you out know. of your pick? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Not at all. Wait, I what? say it, it could be 49-3 and we still win. Under 52 and a half. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Even though we beat him 49-7. But Tulsa's offense is not as good as ours, so. Debatable. Tulsa plays down to bad opponents and plays up to good opponents. Right. You've, you've been saying this for years, so I agree. 27-10, mark it. All right. Under 52. I, I think that's the best bet of the week. Oh, is this a five-utter pick? No. <laughs> it would be nice if I did, like, the uh, the whatever, the unit. Units, yeah. But then... So I could just throw five units. So complicated. Like five wins. Then it ends up being complicated to like keep track of. Yeah. All oh, right. well. Let's recap the so picks. We're going to take the contingent pick, Virginia, plus 13 and a half at Pitt. Texas Longhorns, plus two at West Virginia. Hawaii, plus one and a half against Colorado State. USF, plus three and a half at Tulane. And Tulsa Temple, under 52 and a half. Let's get, get that, that money. money. Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer all your questions. Thanks again for listening, submitting. Please subscribe, rate, and review. First and only questions from MD Night 2016. Probably our most loyal listener, I would say. Consistent through the years. So shout out to Mike for always... Uh, listening and sending questions. All right. Does 5-0 UCF versus 4-0 Auburn get college game day? Uh, I mean, it would give us a win over o- Oklahoma. Um, We're still maybe not I don't ranked really... at that point, though. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma, not ranked. They're not even receiving votes. And um, – it's too early. Auburn's tw- Auburn's twenty ones too. Yeah, way too early. A little Peach Bowl revenge game though. I don't know how they pick that stuff. I I'm not even sure much. We th- already had. Yeah, we already had that. I'm not even sure. Uh, they might pick it more like logistically toward the beginning of the season. Like, where can we go that's like close to the next week? Then it has anything to do with the matchups because college basketball, everything we think we know at the beginning. Of the, although it's like that with football, but. Basketball is just so weird because it's the rankings are almost just based off recruiting a lot of the time. And like Duke, Kentucky, all those schools yeah. are always up there. And then half the time they suck. So yeah. I like where your head's Duke at. Duke and Kentucky didn't even make the tournament last That's year. That's what I'm saying. But they were ranked in the beginning of the year because yeah. they always are because they, they always get all the good uh, recruits. Uh, the other so. thing about college basketball is like you could have the worst loss ever and like you're still in it. Yeah. Well, like every tournament team has a bad loss. And not only that, Everyone. the best part is, is that if you're good, you get in. Like no team is ever like, oh, we got gypped out of the tournament and doesn't have like, you know, 12 losses or something like that. Like you can point to a million reasons why they weren't. There's no arguments about it. You know exactly what teams did. Like if you're decent, you get in. Yeah, it, it's it's tournament or bust for me with this team i actually did place small wager on uh ucf to make the final four at 20 to 1 feels awful yeah that's what three tournament wins right uh no before because you get to the 32 i feel like that's like a 16 gets to the 50 to four i feel like that's a 50 50 to 1 bet move (laughs) but it's fun yeah, that's why I'm saying smaller wager. Yeah, if you if you wanted to wait until the the uh, the tournament to get that, I'd rather. I, just I mean, bet on us to win it all. Something that definitely won't hit. Well, at least then you could hedge. It could. You probably could get twenty to one. You know, hedge. Hedge, yeah. If you just picked to win it all, yeah, I might do that too. I think it was a hundred. I think it was 150. Nah, it couldn't have been that much. It's got to be at least 150. 150 to 1. Yeah, none of these sites have it. 
Yeah, they don't have it. Oh well, <laughs> Mr. Chance. Oh well. Um. Okay. So yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Uh, Kalia Davis had successful ACL surgery today, so we don't know if he's coming back or not. But either way, definitely good to hear that uh, everything went good. They said he's going to make a full recovery. Basketball games this week. We had Tuesday night against Jacksonville. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at MoneyMooUCF. I always do the projected betting lines, which I know everyone loves, um, for the next like four or five games. Right now I have us as a 21-point favorite against Jacksonville. So we'll see when the line comes out tomorrow. We travel Saturday to Evansville, which I think is in Indiana, 2 o'clock game. Uh, so hopefully that'll be wrapping up just in time to, uh, switch over to the UConn game. So two games this week, basketball should be two pretty easy wins. Uh, so we start four and going into the Oklahoma game, which is the day after 27th day after yeah. the war on I four yeah, day after the war on I four, I think it's 2 PM Oklahoma. So that should be a fun game. All right, cool. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Civil conflict. If you know where the trophy is, get it. It's probably need it. Someone probably just threw it away. <laughs> nah, some intern or something has it. Yeah, how somewhere. could you throw something so nice? Just yeah. throw it away. I don't know. Um, how many mentions of the civil conflict will there be on the broadcast this oof. weekend? I'm I think gonna... at least two. Here's the thing. I think if there's any, it'll be like four, but it's like an all or none type. You know what I'm saying? They might just not mention it at all. True. Will friendly bet? I think they mention it twice. Over under one and a half. I think it's twice. That's tough. I mean, if it's one, it's going to be two. You know what I'm saying? All right, so put it at a half. Will the civil conflict be mentioned? I would say like minus two hundred. Hold yes. on, it's it's crappy ESPN Plus broadcasting. I think under. No, we figure like okay, so it's not the A list commentators, and if you're not an A list commentator, you just gotta like Google stuff. Yeah. Okay, fair. So maybe yeah, yeah. And what know. comes up when you type UCF versus UConn? It just depends if they're like fun or not, like that. Those people that broadcast the game, I can't remember which one it was, but we all complained about it. I remember what you're saying. Yeah, they would not have mentioned it. They were just right. like not fun. So yeah, it was Brandon Whedon and that one chick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see. Go eat it first. Watch. Oh, did you eat there this week? Uh, pr- I did not, but yeah. somebody I can't remember who, but when they were posting their first touchdown score prediction they said they posted it from first watch i was gonna give him two gift cards if he got it right but Oof. the double down hold on let me course, pull up the menu here real quick now every now everyone's gonna be like oh yeah that first watch yeah well that the deal expired um million dollar breakfast sandwich man that oh, is with fire. a million dollar bacon the bacon it's got i think sausage and Fancy cheese. Good stuff. The cheese to please. Yeah. Stock isn't doing too bad either. Stock not doing it's too bad? Some, it's having some price discovery. We had um, the earnings came out. They beat their earnings per share by a penny, which was, I think, like a 50% beating. So, anyway. Uh, thanks for listening. Go Knights. Charge on.
Domination. 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 